Welcome to episode 23 of In the Abstract, the Lakeland Title podcast. I'm your host, Brian Johnson, the founder and owner of Lakeland Title. And for this episode, we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on with uh, real estate commissions, uh, specifically the uh, court cases that are going on and uh, what the Department of Justice and the FTC are doing regarding real estate commissions. And for that, we have a special guest. He is Rob Hahn. He is a uh, Yale graduate and a graduate of the NYU School of Law, who now is the managing partner of 7DS Associates, which is a real estate consulting firm. He's also the host of Notorious POD, which is his podcast, and he's going to kind of walk us through everything that's going on and the future of real estate commissions. So I uh, hope you all enjoy the episode. So uh, well, welcome to the podcast, uh, Rob Hahn, or should I call you Notorious ROB? I answer to either one, sir. <laughs> Great to uh, be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, so a lot of my audience is in the real estate industry, either they're lenders or realtors or uh, other people in the title industry. And so mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of talk to you because I've heard you on other podcasts and read some of your articles and things like that about uh, some of these real estate commission lawsuits and kind of wanted yep. to have you fill us in on that and kind of get your take on it and, and what is going on with all that. Okay, so let, let's let's get a couple of caveats out the way early, right? Yeah. Uh, you're an attorney. I, I'm a retired attorney. I'm a retired member of the New York Bar, but I am not an attorney, and I'm certainly not anyone listening's attorney. So <laughs> none of this legal advice, they should consult with their own lawyers, et cetera. Number two. But you went, to a, pretty good, you went to a pretty good law school, though. That, I, that, I, it's a little decent. bit, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, I'm not an antitrust specialist. This is not what I do for a living necessarily. So I don't know if there have been like real recent changes, you know, in the last couple of weeks. But I have been paying attention to all of these lawsuits as much as possible because I'm in the real estate industry and this obviously affects the industry. So having said that, uh, oh, and number three, uh, I think most people would think that I'm probably the most bearish on the outcome of these cases for the industry. I actually think there's some real bad things headed our way. It doesn't mean I want them to head our way. It doesn't mean that I'm, you know, cheering for the FTC or the plaintiffs. I'm just, I'm just looking at it. And from my perspective, I think things don't look great. So let's just get those three things out the way. Having said that, I mean, where are they? Well, Sitzer, I, I can't remember. I know it's no longer called Sitzer. There's a new uh, lead plaintiff in that lawsuit. That's the Missouri lawsuit. Um, just got, you know, certified as a class action lawsuit. There's a, the original case is called Merle out of Illinois. And uh, chances that's also going to get certified as class action at some point, whenever that comes around. And my suspicion is that those two cases will have to get merged, right? Because it's based the same defendants, same case, same legal theory. It's the same. Why, why are we doing it in two federal district courts? It's probably going to get merged uh, to some you know, mega lawsuit. Uh, and then I assume that the plaintiff's bar is not filled with idiots. So I assume there are uh, cases that are being prepared to be filed right now so that when that sort of uh, joinder happens, it'll consolidate all the cases from all across the country. That's kind of my expectation right now. And I think we see that probably later this year. Okay. Uh, what... There are a bunch of other lawsuits, but the commission lawsuits, those two are the real important ones. Leader, which was the buyer side commission. So the two seller side, uh, commission lawsuits were Merle and Sitzer. And then the major one that was claiming that the buyers are owed, uh, you know, something was called Leader versus NAR. And it was filed in the same court in Illinois that was list hearing Merle. So of course the judge is like, no, it's a case dismissed because I'm already dealing with this over here on the seller's side. So 
we'll see what happens with that. But that's that has now been dismissed. Okay. Gotcha. And so, so what are they? What are they suing over? What are these suits about? Like how are they? Fundamentally, it's about cooperation compensation, right? I mean, we've known in our industry the the age old practice is what the seller pays the listing agent a commission, six percent, five percent, whatever it is. The listing agent then goes to the MLS and says, "Hey, if you bring me a buyer, I will share some of this commission with you," right? And to make a long, long story short, that practice is being attacked, and the claim is. Uh, that this is anti-competitive for a number of reasons because of NAR's rules and all this other, you know, all this other stuff. And it could get, we could get into the, the details and nitty gritty of that. But fundamentally, saying that it's anti-competitive and that sellers overpaid, uh, and therefore they are uh, owed some money back. I mean, that's basically what what the claim is. And so, if these lawsuits are successful, does that mean how does that change things as the way? the way the buyer's agents are paid. I, it really depends on what the judgment is, right? What the plaintiffs are asking the court to do is to issue an injunction against sharing commissions, right? Um, it could be that. It could simply be that the, the court just says, you know what? NAR's rules are prohibited, right? So NAR has a bunch of different rules, like the mandatory unilateral offer of compensation. Maybe that goes away. So it's no longer mandatory, right? So you can offer whatever you want. Um, there are MLSs right now that have already done that, right? That have already moved to that. Say, listen, you have to pay, a comp- you have to offer compensation, but it could be a dollar, right? Uh, Northwest MLS, I think, actually says you don't have to offer compensation if you don't want to, right? And yet, most people, most agents, still do. So it may be that we'll see how that court comes out, right? So if it's simply that the MLS cannot mandate compensation then I think the impact is fairly low because as you and I both know, social, you know, network pressure. If you, if you're the guy, you know, it's like, Hey man, you know, I'm selling this, but I'm not offering any compensation. You don't want to be that asshole, right? You don't want to be that guy. Exactly. I mean, yeah, everybody's going to want, you know, give him some reason to show your listings. Right. Pretty fast. The issue is a big part of these lawsuits are claiming steering, right? The, the, the central claim to this is that buyer agents steer their clients away from uh, listings that aren't offering the full uh, equal compensation. So I do think that whatever judgment comes, I, they're not stupid, right? Uh, none of those lawyers are stupid, number one. Number two, the Department of Justice has already made an issue of this, and the FTC has made an issue of this. So I suspect that the judgment might be something along the lines of not only is the mandatory rule uh, no longer prohibited. We're actually going to prohibit the practice of sharing commissions at all, right? To get rid of the buyer steering problem. So there will be buyers have to pay their own agents and sellers pay their own agents. I think that's probably how it's going to come down. Is is steering really something that happens? Because I've never seen for that. For sure. I really see. I've never seen that. I've oh, for sure like it a, happens. The buyer wants a house. They want a house. You're not going to say, don't oh, get that the, one. Dude, it, it absolutely happens. Really? The, the only question is, how widespread is it, right? In other words, look, I could go on Facebook right now and probably go to some real estate Facebook group and find some moron agent out there complaining. I can't believe this uh, agent only offered whatever, one and a half percent. You know, I'm never showing that house to any of my clients. Like you'll literally have agents posting their L's online. So <laughs> of course it happens, right? Yeah. The, the question is, are we talking about like, is this 
60% of the agents, 70% of the agents, or more like 1% of the agents, right? Like there's no studies on that. Nobody knows, you know what I mean? But from that perspective, and I've written about this, the damaging thing for the industry is that we have coaches, real estate coaches for decades. And in fact, Kelly Williams was written up about this in the Houston Chronicle, where the coaching training materials literally tell agents when the client, and that's the seller, right, protest about the commission, but they say, well, these 6% seems awful high. They are coached to tell them, listen, it's not me. It's that if you don't offer the buyer agent at least 3%, they're never going to show your house. So if that's like written into our training materials, it's a little hard for then us to claim, look, this only happens like in a very tiny 1% of the time. I've never seen it happen. It's, it's hard to say that when our training materials are literally telling agents to go tell their clients that. So we'll see what happens. I think there's going to be a fact fight you know, in court. They'll bring an expert witnesses you know, to testify. This happens all the time. This that almost never happens. You know, who knows how it's going to shake out. And then uh, so, you had mentioned Department of Justice and FTC. How, how yeah. are they involved? The Department of Justice has always been involved, right? Uh, um, I, have, I have a number of, of uh, theories about it, but basically Department of Justice sued NAR uh, two years ago, last year, around uh, four items. They came to a settlement and then the new administration came in and they walked away from the settlement, which has never been done before. Right. Like the Department of Justice never actually gotten to that point. Now, wow. they were legally allowed to do this. You know, there's a, a 60 or 90 day sort of public comment period for any legal settlement, but they've never walked away from a settlement. They did this time. Oh, wow. In response, NAR has sued the Department of Justice. Okay. Here's why I think that was uh, that's relevant. I know regulators. I went to law school with a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them ended up at FTC, SEC, OCC, you know, various regulatory agencies. They're not used to people being regulated, challenging them. What they're used to is when they go and tell a company to, you know, to jump, the company's response is how high, right? They're not used to the company resisting. They're not used to company fighting back. In this case, NAR is definitely fighting back. They're they're suing DOJ to enforce some of the promises, some of the agreements that they had during the settlement. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I can't imagine a federal court holding against the DOJ uh, in, a, in this instance, but who knows? Maybe it'll happen. But what that says to the DOJ and the FTC, and they work hand in hand, right, is that uh, NAR is um, being difficult. And I think they will seek to make an example out of them. So it's not even the DOJ. <clears throat> That's not re the real action even anymore. I think the real action is at the FTC. Why? So uh, if you remember last year, uh, sort of early on in his administration, President Biden issued an executive order on competition dealing with big tech, right? With social networks, you know, blah, blah. And the big talk was around Amazon and, you know, Netflix and uh, Facebook and all these things. There's a new chair of the FTC, right? Uh, Lena Khan, who is like a 34, 35-year-old law professor from Columbia. She has a theory around how competition law should be modified, antitrust law should change given technology. Okay, so all the attention was focused on this big tech antitrust issues. Buried in this executive order, I think it's section 5H, 
it literally orders the FTC to go look at regulating real estate brokerages and real estate listing services. No one paid attention to this because it's, you know, nobody cares about that when you're talking about Facebook, Amazon, right? Nobody's thinking about real estate. I'm reading this like, okay, that's an executive order. That's not a senator writing a letter. That's not a suggestion. That's not a request for investigation. That is an executive order from the president. The FTC has no choice but to obey executive orders. So I think those boys and girls are probably writing up regulations or investigating what needs to be regulated right now as we speak. They've been looking at this commission issue probably for 20 years, right? But I know the last time I, I personally went and attended a meeting, and I want to say in 2018, I believe it was, maybe 2017, I, I could look it up. And I wrote about it on my blog, right? Where the DOJ and the FTC had a joint, workshop talking about real estate commissions and competition in real estate. They're hand in glove. You know, they're, they're, they're two sides, same coin. DOJ is sort of the enforcement arm. FTC is a regulatory arm. Uh, they both, they're, they're both after this. So I actually think even the lawsuits aren't that big a deal. Okay. Right. I think the big deal is when the FTC promulgates regulations. And I think those regulations are coming in the next three years. And I suspect those regulations will be something along the lines of uh, sharing of commissions are no longer allowed. So does that mean the death of real estate commissions altogether or how are we? What, no, what I think it means the death of buy side commissions, right? I think listing agents that, so, cause one of the things, the points I like to make is this, right? <clears throat> like, would you ever pay commission to somebody to help you buy something? Probably not, right? I mean, I personally would, but... No, I mean, just if you think about it, if I'm hiring someone to help me buy something, I want them to make the price as low as possible, right? But if they're being paid a commission on the price of the object, like, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So I think buy side, it's going to go more towards like an hourly rate, you know, like an attorney or maybe a fee base, or maybe a, some sort of bonus, like, hey, this price is this, what if you save me, I'm gonna pay you on the savings, something along those lines. I can't imagine on the buy side, it'll be, I'm gonna pay a commission based on the price of the thing you just helped me buy, right? On the sell side though, on the listing side, the seller is happy to pay a commission, right? Why? Because you're going to work to get me the highest price possible. So I don't think it's the end of real estate commissions. I do think it's the end of buy side commissions. Okay. Yeah. So, so things will, things will change in the way that those commissions are, are calculated or how buyers Likely. are paid, but they'll still get paid. They'll still get paid. I mean, I think um, now, will they get paid as much? I don't know. You know, uh, would it be better for them? I actually think it could end up being better for them because one of, you know, look, I obviously my wife's a broker, like all my friends are realtors. One of the biggest problems working with buyers is you just work your ass off and you hope that the transaction happens. Right. Well, if that's the case and you're going to spend 80 hours over three weekends driving some buyer around only to have that buyer just change his mind at the last minute, like you just work for free for nothing. For those people, I'm like, wouldn't it be better if you're getting paid a hundred bucks an hour? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, that's a good point. So maybe it'll actually end up being better for buyer agents as well. Um, but the challenge there is going to be, <clears throat> it's going to be awful hard to convince some buyer to pay you hundred bucks an hour 
if you just got your real estate license last week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Whereas if you're a 30 year veteran, you know everything about a neighborhood, you know, look, maybe you're worth 500 an hour, you know? So again, just like lawyers, right? Some lawyers can charge thousand bucks an hour. Some lawyers can't. I mean, it's based on sort of your market demand, your experience level, blah, blah, blah. I think it'll be very similar with real estate agents on the buy side. Mm. It'll, it'll be interesting to see that change because we've been doing it this way for so long. And Correct. Interesting to see that, Correct. That, that changeover. I think there'll be a lot of resistance. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there'll be resistance. And again, I'm not saying this is like a positive or we should welcome this. I'm just saying this is what I'm seeing coming, right? You just look at what's been done. You look at the court cases. I mean, the Department of Justice intervened in something like half a dozen lawsuits against NAR in the last two years. Intervene. Nobody asked them. Court didn't go and ask them. They just I don't know where it's just say, hey, here's a you know, statement of interest of the federal government. And they all, all of them went against NAR. So, you know, I'm like, just read the signs and I just feel like things are coming, you know, and they're not going to be, they're not going to be great for us. Uh, where do you think that's coming from? Because the NR, uh, NA, NAR is one of the <clears> biggest <throat> lobbying kind of groups out there. They have, they have kind of a lot of sway. They where do. is this targeting coming from? Uh, it's coming from sort of the um, the intellectual elites, right? So academics, think tanks have been railing against high cost of commissions for at least 20 years that I'm aware of, right? You can go and read papers from like NBER, the National Bureau of Economic Research, talking about how uh, steering effects, you know, keep commissions really high and, and all of those types of things. I mean, remember the book Freakonomics? What was that written? Like 1991? Oh, yeah, something right? like that. Yeah. Something like that. Like that was real estate agents, you know, don't help you improve the price of your home and all this stuff. Like this has been going on for a long, long time. Right. And I think to some extent it's the NAR, they're still very influential. They're still very powerful. And I think they still have a lot of friends on the hill. So it may be that there might be a legislative response that could get crafted to this. But it's fairly clear to me that the administrative agencies are uh, you know. They have sharpened their daggers for NAR and they're coming. Mm. I think that's where it's coming from. It's been, it's been around for 10, 20 years. Mm, that's fascinating. Do you, do you see any other big changes coming other than this? Like are there anything else you're seeing on the horizon that we should there do? Are, yeah, there are a few. I mean, there's um, the lawsuit, you know, Rex versus Zillow, right? It's, it really shouldn't be called Rex versus Zillow. It should be called Rex versus NAR because that's who they're really suing around certain of the MLS rules around not commingling. Uh, as a result of that, Rex went out of business. You know? So I think their damage is going to be pretty clear, which is the value of the company, right? Um, and in that case, the judge had initially dismissed the, the lawsuit. And then the Department of Justice came in and intervened. And then the judge did a 180. Right? So I feel like they're going to win a trial. I, I, you know? I, I feel like they're going to win. Um, so that's one. Uh, there's a case called PLS versus NAR. And that's a fascinating one because, again, here's a one where at the district court, they dismissed the case, right? They appealed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the dismissal and then writes as long as opinion that's basically a roadmap for the PLS lawyers to argue at the district court. They're like, okay, well, guess what? I mean, they're not idiots. They're just going to hey, look, uh, here's the, uh, the Court of Appeals opinion. I'm just going to recite that to you. Uh, and the district court's going to go, hey, guess what? You win. And what was, that, what? what was that case over? 
that case was over clear cooperation policy. So, you know, as, as you know, as all of your listeners probably know, NAR 2018 passes policy says you must put in all of your listings into the MLS clear cooperation, but within 24 hours, 48 hours, whatever. PLS is the private pocket listing service. And their business basically went away after that policy was passed. So they sued lots of damages, whatever. Um, and it looks like they're going to win, right? Because the Ninth Circuit came back and was like, this doesn't work, right? You're not allowed to do this. Again, they could be dead wrong, but here's the issue. Now, if you're NAR, you lose a district, you're going to appeal it to the Ninth Circuit that wrote the argument for the plaintiffs at the district court and reversed yeah. and remanded. Yeah, that's true. You're, you're not winning. Well. <laughs> you're not winning at the Ninth Circuit, which means you have to take it to the Supreme Court. And as you and I both know, the Supreme Court does not have to hear your case. And I don't think they're going to grant cert on something like this because there's no. Yeah, it's too niche. Yeah, right. So if the Ninth Circuit has done this, guess what? All the other you know circuits are going to go, hey, you know, we're going to sue NAR on uh, clear cooperation. So that's a that's another big one. Um, and I think those are kind of the real big legal uh, sort of industry-wide issues that are happening. But it does, and all of it suggests is some major, major disruption, major changes. And uh, I, I mean, I'm doing podcasts like this. I'm doing my own. I'm writing because I've been talking about this really since the day Merle was filed, saying that this is like a real serious threat. And look, and most brokers and agents, I think, are nowhere near ready for something like this. Nowhere near ready. So look, more we can get the word out and not saying you should cheer for those, you should be worried, you should panic. No, just prepare. Just prepare, right? Just at least think about, hey, if this happens, what do I do? Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of people don't really, a lot of agents <clears throat> don't really know that this is this is going on and what what could be, be coming in the future. And so, right. yeah, knowing about it and being prepared for it would definitely be helpful. That's right. That's that's all. It's just at this point, I've, and again, if, it, if you're prepared and it doesn't happen, then what have you lost, right? I mean- you live in Louisiana. I lived in Houston. You know, I, I used to have three, three weeks of water, right? <laughs> three months of food yeah, yeah. and a backup generator because hurricanes do happen. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, yeah. And you know what? If it doesn't, then fine. I have a generator. What, what I lose really, right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things. True. True. Yeah. Uh, well, and another topic uh, off this topic, but industry related, uh, what do you think about the uh, recent resignation of the Keller Williams CEO? I hadn't paid any attention. Which which CEO? The uh, the new guy that was brought in? Yeah, I mean the latest. Yeah, the latest one. Yeah. Jeez, I, I hadn't heard about it. Uh, so okay. I guess I'll say I have no reaction. Okay. Mm. I wonder why he resigned. <laughs> yeah, I mean I haven't looked into it that much. Uh, I yeah. just saw the email from uh, Gary Keller about it, but that's that's a that's as much as I've yeah. dived into it. I didn't know if it was. Yeah, a- I'm pretty sure I'm not in Gary's Christmas list. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be sending me any emails. About oh, yeah. that. <laughs> Although I respect the living hell out of Gary Kelly. He's like, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame for real estate. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's uh, one of the great pioneers and, and entrepreneurs. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not one of his favorite people on the planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's ever read my uh, read my blog, you know, knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, people have opinions on Gary. So everybody, everybody <laughs> got different thoughts. <laughs> he's a great man. Uh, oh yeah. That's all, he's a great man. You know? Oh yeah. Definitely. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, um, how about, a, how about a couple fun off the wall questions? Sure. Okay. 
Uh, first one is, uh, do you own any Bitcoin? I do. You do? Oh, okay. When did you I'm get into that? I'm a big Bitcoin maxi. Awesome. Awesome. I love yeah. to hear it. Me too. You <laughs> are as well? Right oh, yeah. on. <laughs> love, love Bitcoin. All, Austrian all economics? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who do you follow? Who, like, whose advice do you really find compelling in the blockchain Bitcoin world? Uh, well, I mean, of course, you know, the king, Michael Saylor. Of course. Like, anything. Yeah. <laughs> So him a lot. Uh, there's a bunch of different Bitcoin podcasts I listen to. Um, yeah. Trying to think of who else. Uh, Breed love, of course. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm finding a, a lot from. Um, oh, God, what's his name? The Canadian guy, Jeff. No, Greg Foss. Greg okay. Foss out of Canada. He's he's really impressive. Yeah, and I'm, I'm all over Bitcoin Twitter. Stuff. So I'm always reading Bitcoin Twitter. Right on. No, I'm 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 all about Bitcoin because this dollar system. It, it, I'm sorry, it, it just can't, you know. <laughs> so I used to say, and I still say right now, that I don't think home prices have gone up. You know, people talk about home prices are 19 percent. I don't think home prices have gone up. I think the dollar's devalued. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, I tell other lawyers all the time, like if you're not indexing your hourly rate for inflation, like you were yeah. losing money. Like in- that's right. Like you should index your hourly rate for inflation plus the knowledge and experience you gained. That's right. You know? And so, but That's a lot right. of lawyers are still have their same hourly rate they had, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, right. you're, you are losing money. Like everything else goes up. Your hourly rate should go up too. No, I completely agreed. So, yeah. all right. That's an easy one. Okay. Next, next off the wall one is, uh, do you believe in aliens? I do not. Okay. I do not believe in aliens. Uh, now, I, again, like a lot of things I could be wrong, but I, I guess I feel like, if there were alien or no, you know what? Let me let me rephrase that. I don't believe in aliens that are more technologically advanced than we are. In other words, if there are aliens, they're less technologically advanced than we are, because otherwise we would have met them by now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, right. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think they're I think they're out there. Uh, a question of how advanced they are, and if they, I don't think they've ever visited us. Right. At least not since modern technology has been around. They haven't <clears throat> right. visited us because I don't think the one thing that all countries on the planet could agree on is that we're going to keep aliens secret. I just don't think that would be the one thing. That right. Have. That doesn't make sense. And it's entirely possible that we humans are the most advanced species in the entire universe. That's just as logical, right? As, uh, but then again, there is that other, uh, God, what is the Fermi paradox? There's a, there's a concept my memory is gone because I'm old, but you know, there's a concept that goes something like this, that every civilization reaches a, po- a point where they have the power to destroy themselves. And basically the reason why we haven't seen aliens, you know, like colonizing the earth or visiting us or whatever is because most of them destroy themselves before they crossed over that threshold to start doing long range space exploration. Like, hmm. That's interesting too, because yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. That is interesting. Yeah, because look at the way we're acting. So you know, <laughs> true. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have fun about it, man. Oh yeah, gotta laugh yeah. about it. Oh well, I really appreciate you being on the on the show and oh, it's my time pleasure. out of your schedule for this. Uh, very informative and fascinating, and so I'm sure all my listeners no, I, enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like I said, you know, the goal for me doing doing this is we've got to get the word out because the industry is not ready. Um, you know, and if people want to come visit, like I'll show my website because I don't make money on it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah, where can come people- on by? It's uh, it's notoriousrob.com. Okay. So 
come find me there, you know, read up all the articles. Most of the stuff I've written on this are free and not in the VIP or anything. So, you know, get ready. That's all. Yeah. Get ready. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Brian. It was a real pleasure. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I know I found Rob's insights very interesting. Uh, if you need to find Rob, you can find his company website at 7dsassociates.com. He also has his own podcast called Notorious POD, so you can give that a listen. Or if you want to read some of his articles, you can find those at notoriousrob.com. Uh, all of his socials and as well as my socials will be down in the show notes. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, please give us a good rating and subscribe so you can stay up to date on future episodes. And if you're listening on YouTube, feel free to give us a like, leave a comment, and subscribe also so you can stay up to date on future episodes. If you have any suggestions, you can leave those in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, you can send us your suggestions at podcast at brclosing.com, and we will see y'all next time.